Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. Oh, I'm playing the soundtrack again. All right, here we go. Episode 117, Altair, joined this week by... Omer. There it is. And let's go right to the weekly raid. Right uh, to it. Not, not messing around this time. This now, is serious business. Some of you might not know, but today is a special day. Today is the day that the Founders Program for The Amazing Eternals has begun. And I don't know how popular it is exactly. I don't have any hard numbers. But I do know the website was down when I checked. So live in front of all of you, let's check to see if the homepage is still down on the first day of their early access. Oh, it's up. So we can sign up. For, oh, it's got music. I hate that. Become a founder, <laughs> boys. Let's look at the prices here. Okay. Um, I can pay in tokens? Oh, no. We start with those tokens. Okay. Here we go. 20 bucks. We can get started. So between... Oh, and the top one is 250. So what is the Amazing Eternals, you might say? This is a hero shooter. This seems to be the latest craze. And the weekly raid has to do with hero shooters. Hold on, hold on. Is that a $1,000 founder pack that we just saw in there? Two fifty. Oh, you're right. There's a more. Oh, I didn't even see that. It's like below we the other one. We can't skip past that because hold okay, on. Okay, okay. Thousand dollar. That is, this is taking it to the extreme. We we see thousand dollar bundles when it comes to crowdfunded games pretty often. I don't think we've seen a thousand dollar founders pack from a legit company yet. Like Nexon hasn't done anything that crazy. We haven't seen it in, in really anything else. Wow, that is impressive. Um, all right, back to the site real quick. We will we will get back to founders pack prices. Believe me. So, the main thing, though, is this is a hero shooter. And uh, here's a little bit of gameplay. Uh, some guys talking about the game. Uh, basically, you pick a hero. And unfortunately for me, you, there's cards, guys. This game has cards, okay? You make a deck. You go into play with the deck. So instead of, like, casting a spell, you got to, like, draw some cards or something. And then play those uh, cards to get, like, a weapon. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this. I don't... I don't... I like card games like Hearthstone, um, Faria, and stuff. But I don't like it when you put them into shooters. I feel like it bogs it down. Um, but more importantly, guys, what do you think of this new craze? Hero shooters are the new MOBAs, in my opinion. And this is my weekly raid explaining my thesis. Uh, agree? Disagree? Do share your comments. Um, what do you think? Well, first of all, I don't think uh, the whole card thing is a deal breaker at all. We know we talked about this at length when we played Paladins for the first time. Before Paladins was remade, the card system played a pretty big role in the game. And I actually really liked it because it let you kind of have a different experience every time. I mean, maybe it could have been done better, but it's not an instant, like, no-go for me. But I do think we are seeing too many hero shooters now. I mean, what really got this ball rolling is clearly Overwatch, right? How much money yep. Overwatch made us successful became. Yep. And after Overwatch, it's when Paladins decided to kind of revamp their system. I know people are saying Paladins came out well before Overwatch, and it did, but it kind of remade itself. The, old, the new Paladins is not old Paladin, and it's much closer to Overwatch. So everyone's kind of jumping on the bandwagon once again. I mean, once Hearthstone got the ball rolling with digital CCGs, we've seen every company, literally every company, jump on the digital CCG bandwagon, including Valve with, with Dota, the Dota 2 card game recently. And now we're seeing the same craze, I think, unfold for hero shooters. And what's, what's crazy is I don't think there are any other hero shooters besides Overwatch and Paladins that are even remotely popular. Yeah. Um, Lawbreakers, as we talked about before, had a pretty tepid launch. Um, Champions, oh, Quake Champions, how's that doing? I'm going to check the Steam charts right now. I don't think it's really knocking out of the park either. Um, yeah, it's got, oh, these numbers are not, okay, it's, it's, it's okay, it's got a thousand people online. It's, you know, for a launch, it's not that great. I don't know, like, um, I, is Gigantic considered a hero shooter? I would say not. That's more like in the mo mobile category for me. But, uh, Quake Champions, Lawbreakers, Paladins, Overwatch, those are what I would consider. 
Hmm? Yeah, and th this current game, the Amazing Eternal. The Amazing Eternal. Exactly. Exactly. So. And one ahead. of the reasons though that quake champions maybe the numbers don't look great right now it's it's going with the whole model where they're charging money for early access so while quake champions will be free to play at launch it does cost about 30 bucks to play right now which i know a lot of people are like just not going to play it right now to launch i mean people that are really into it will, will do it but I, i'm not going to pay 30 bucks to play quake champions when it launches however I'll, I'll probably give it another try i didn't really like it too much when it was you know, in the beta period that i played when it was free to play but maybe it'll be more fun when it's when it's free yeah. i'll try it again all right, I want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic in um, Amazing Eternals. Personally, I like it better than Lawbreaker's aesthetic. Derek, here's a good, here's a good shot I'm going to pause at. Uh, if you guys can see the background here, um, the, the gimmick in this game is, the story I should say, is that we're, you're a group of humans, like players, you know, like us, like the players. We, are, we find an old board game, okay? We find a bunch of orb called the Amazing Eternals. And when we open the board game, we get like sucked in and we play as the characters. So that's pretty cute. It's very, right? very Jumanji-esque yeah, or and, something. And that's why there's cards, because like they're, they're part of the board game, right? And like in this picture, you can see like uh, Doritos or whatever on the right. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's got, a, it's got a cute gimmick. And the the scenes and characters and maps are inspired by old pulp fiction. Pop fiction. Pulp fiction uh, from like the 70s, 60s. Uh, so you have a lot of Western stuff. The old sci-fi. Like, this is my favorite character right here, guys. This is like an old, like real, like 60s sci-fi looking man with like the cliche uh, space gun. Like I just pause it right here. That shoots the laser beams like one at a time. <laughs> Drops the UFO there. So I, I do like the character designs uh, and map themes. I think the stuff like the character designs are interesting, and but they can't really carry the game. I think it kind of gives you like uh, some, it piques some interest. But ultimately the core game has to be fun for it to succeed. Yeah. It, it looks yeah. pretty. It looks great. Yeah, I can't play it yet, but I do want to try this. Maybe you can try to get us some keys into the founders. Uh, oh, I, I definitely will actually send an email. I sent them an email as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I do look forward to playing this one. Uh, then I'll let you guys know if it's just like another you know, random shooter or if it's got something going on. I think this has more potential uh, like to succeed. I, I would bet on this over Quake Champions. Or yeah, me too. Me but again, too. I haven't played it yet, right? But I'm looking at the data for Lawbreakers. I think, Lawbre it's, I think it might be... You know, a little early to say if Lawbreaker is a flop or not, but the numbers are not looking good for Lawbreaker. The numbers have been mm -hmm. trending down since launch. And Quake Champions, again, yeah, it's got the, the back of Bethesda, and I said that properly this time. Go me. But uh, it, it that's, I don't know, 1,000 players, this really didn't knock it out of the park just yet. But again, it could get bigger when the free-to-play version launches. But I, I mean, Wack, one of our you know, buddies on here, Wacko, has played this game when it was called Keystone. He says it was really fun. So I'm taking his word on it. Plus, it looks interesting, and it looks a little bit different than other hero shooters. So I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for these guys. Plus, it's made by the guys at the Warframe. And Warframe, I think, has done the, the free-to-play model pretty well as well. They didn't try, they didn't offend people with, you know, quote-unquote pay-to-win elements in, in Warframe. So I think they'll do pretty well. But let's go back to that this Founders Pack for a moment. Okay. $1,000. Holy crap. What am I getting? What am All I right. getting for $1,000? Let's bucks? run down the list. Let's see if you guys, if this is worth it for you guys. We get 25 beta keys. Mm -hmm. We get, we, you're, you're on the design council. Okay. What I'm does that mean? Players they, in the design council help vote on designs, features, and names in the game. So you get to vote. That's it. Uh, that seems kind of cheap. You got four traveler packs, packs um, whatever that means. You got a founder stamp. Get your alias immortalized in The Amazing Eternals. Custom founder's badge upgrade. A custom badge based on your design. Oh, wow. So can you put like a giant dildo and then have it as a badge in the game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is pretty cool. This is fun. A customized permanent Easter egg in the Amazing Eternals, designed by you and seen by all. So you can put like your own little, uh, I guess, reference to like another game or movie or something. That's, That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. 
Uh, you also get 25 beta keys. So let's let's spend some math. Can we can we flip these beta keys for for a profit? Each beta key is is twenty dollars, right? According to the like the cheapest beta key costs twenty bucks, and you yeah. get twenty five of them for the thousand dollar pack. Mm -hmm. Let's say you sell for ten bucks each, you get two hundred fifty bucks of your money back if you sell for ten bucks each. But that's not going to cover your expenses. Yeah. So I don't know. Can't really make a profit flipping those. But again, this is the first time I've seen a big mainstream company have a thousand dollar founders. Everything else has been like limited to three hundred usually, or even two hundred. Revolution Online kind of had like a two hundred dollar founders pack, and you got the the giant flying cat, and it was kind of weird. But even two hundred dollars, we made fun of for being a bit expensive. This is this is definitely a bit pricey, but I, I can't blame them for doing this because like, at this point it, it's become so mainstream. I can't blame that. You know what's funny? All right, uh, this is actually a value. I don't know why you're complaining. Right under it says the value of this thousand dollar founders pack is actually three thousand dollars. Oh man! So you're getting a you're getting a pretty sweet deal here, guys. In fact, we'd be crazy not to buy it. here. Just take all my money. We'd be crazy not to buy it. All right, you don't want three thousand dollars for a thousand dollars? It's free money, dude. But you know, I, do you know what I do like about this website? Okay, here's the thing. Two things. Okay, one. Omar, I think it was you who mentioned some time ago that you like games with soul. Was that you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this, I've said that. So far, to me, this game seems like it has soul because of the character designs and like the little... I think so, too. Yeah. And two, Definitely. I really think the people behind it are competent developers. And so many so many early access, you know, games coming out, indie stuff, just they don't show competence. And this game does. One, whenever I mouse over any of these um, Founders Pack rewards, it mm -hmm. tells me you know, immediately what they do. Okay, so I I don't have to guess like what the players console. I just cursor over it. Like it's such a small detail, right? But it's and I don't have to click into it either. It just hovers over. It just it just shows me at least they have people who know what they're doing. That's actually a pretty good point because I'm a lot of games don't do that. I'm actually gonna log in. I'm looking at the the founder the Dauntless founders and it, it tells you right next to it. So at least that one's kind of useful too. But a lot of games I, I, I think was it Revelation Line that didn't tell you. It's just gave you like oh you get like 10 of these yeah and you don't know what they, I mean, you, you know, know what to do exactly if you could google it right and you'd find out yeah but it's just bad ui not to have it on the same page yeah that's fair right, and this game will be free to play at launch right yes this will be free to play at launch but they're doing the whole early access slash beta thing where they're charging money that still grinds my gears because i hate when games do that quake champions is doing it amazing eternals is doing it hyper universe is doing it everyone is trying to milk money now in the beta period, people are be people are paying to beta test the game. That's 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 just that just grinds me. That just bothers me kind of in a way. Hopefully the the beta period is not like crazy long. I'm okay with like founders packs that like give you three day head starts, four day head starts, because that's like it's pretty short and free players can jump in pretty quickly. But when you have this like really really long beta period and it, it just I don't know I don't like it. Yeah, and quickly getting back to the weekly raid point. Um, so. Again, like I said, I I, I, I kind of compare the gold rush uh, like mindset in hero shooters right now to the mobas a few days a few uh, years ago, but there are some differences. So I want to cover those. One, mm -hmm. I think shooters in general are a lot easier to get into. So like I say, you're playing Dota, right? And you spent like mm -hmm. two thousand hour or league, and you spent two thousand hours learning the game, and a new one comes out. Uh, you don't you don't want to invest to you know it's a huge switching cost, right? You have to mm -hmm. relearn everything. But with a shooter, let's say you play Overwatch, and like you know Amazing Eternals comes out or Quake Champions. I mean, you're not going to be amazing right away, but like you'll you'll know exactly what to do. You know, you shoot at their heads. Like For it's sure. not it's a lot lower uh, in terms of learning uh, curve, and that might mean people can juggle you know one or two or three of these games. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing the way it is in like League or Dota. That's fair. And we've seen that same rush again in in Hearthstone clones as well. Yeah, but again, this is this is I think FPS games are probably the easiest video games to get into if I had to guess. It's like how do you you like even Hearthstone. Any other new CCG, whether it's uh, 
the the Witcher one, whether it's the, the Elder Scrolls one. There's so many of these card games. You still have to learn the game. Literally, you can put me in front of any shooting game, literally any FPS game, and mm -hmm. ready, you aim through their heads and you shoot. Like you, you got like 80% of the game down. You just yeah. learned the other 20% through like experience, the the kind of nuances of that game, which is why I think we see so many FPS games and why I guess even on consoles and stuff like Call of Duty and all the other random shooting games are kind of like the base game. Yep. So I think I think I'm a little more excited about uh, the Amazing Eternals. Mm -hmm. So we will see how it does. That's fair. All right, let's take this to a, a fun discussion. I want to vent a little bit because Hyper oh, Universe also launched this last week. And the Hyper Universe is a 2D side-scrolling MOBA. I guess, you know, again, everyone's kind of jumping to the MOBA craze still. That craze is definitely not dead because League of Legends and Dota 2 make so much money. League of Legends makes over $1.8 billion a year. Uh, that mobile MOBA makes over like $2, $3 billion a year right now. So everyone's trying to make a MOBA. Anyway, this game launched into early access here in the West on August 23rd-ish or so. I wrote, a, I wrote a bit of a scathing rant on MMOs.com. It is definitely a rant. I didn't, I didn't really, you know, wasn't super, like, trying to get very nuanced. I was really upset that they had this really bad, poorly designed tutorial. And I know you played it as well. So mm -hmm. I'll briefly des describe how the, how the tutorial works in Hyper Universe, the early game experience. So when you play Hyper Universe, you launch the game, you're asked if you want to do a tutorial. You don't have to do a tutorial, but I actually recommend it. I think Nexon did a really good job with the game's tutorial. It explains the game really well. It's like only like it's less than five minutes long, and you know exactly how to play the game. And it's voice acted. It's voice acted. It's a high production value, good tutorial that teaches you the game. And after you finish the tutorial, you're allowed to queue up for PvP or or, or reverse AI game. So you have a choice. You want to do PvP or AI? Uh, I, of course, being not a scrub, I queue up for PvP right away. You know, I, I played the tutorial. I know how to play now. I, I I can handle my own. I jump right to PvP. I queue for that shit. Boom. I find a game in 12 seconds. I'm in the game and I'm playing against AI. Right away, what the hell just happened? Why does the game, why is Hyper Universe letting me queue for AI, queue, queue for PvP, and then giving me an AI game? That's just confusing, first of all. Like, it's just weird that the game is letting me queue for PvP and then I get AI. So after, I, I asked them on their, was on their Discord channel, actually. I was speaking with their community manager over there. I forgot what his name was. And the way it works, in, it's in the patch notes as well. The way it works is if you're below level 5, you can queue for PvP, but you're most likely not going to get a PvP match. It's going to throw you into an AM match after you know, like 10 seconds. If you can't find a perfectly balanced match for you, which it's not going to, I've never gotten a PvP match while queuing for PvP pre-level 5, pre-level 6 rather. My brother hasn't either. He's been trying to do PvP as well. So you really get tossed in these AI matches. And it takes about two hours on average to get your account level to level 6. So you have to do about two hours worth of AI matches before you can start playing against actual opponents. And I found this to be unbelievably frustrating. The AI matches are not fun. Why is Nexon making me do two hours of not fun content when I want to play the fun content because I'm like, hey, the tutorial is pretty hype. I want to play some Hyper Universe. I played the Korean version, and I went through that bullshit already in the Korean version. I want to play the actual game, okay? Because the game, I think, is pretty fun, but I can't. So I am, I am just unbelievably frustrated with Hyper Universe right now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when this was first announced and we played on the Korean server. I was the most hyped about this, you know? And you know, I, I like him, I was. I like the fact... I like 2D. You guys know that. 2D is, like, I think, you know, we... Because 3D was a complete waste of time in, a, in the wrong direction for gaming. But So 4v4, 2D, MOBA. And what's not to like? The problem is, not only is it, is it uh, bot matches, which by itself is excusable, especially in a shooter, right? Where, where the bots um, can be tailored Whoa. to like... I'm saying in a shooter, the bots are okay. Yeah. Because they can beat you once in a while, right? You can, you can lose to bots in a shooter, right? Mm -hmm. But... Every match I played in Hyper Universe, the bots were 0 and 12, 0 and 10, like 0 and 13, 0 and 9. Like, 
it's, these weren't even like close. Like you never had to like look what you're doing. You, you know, as long as you just the tower could kill you if you run into it. But 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 the but the, the bots were basically like the mobs, like the random spawns, mm-hmm. the minions. They were there was nothing. There were they were there was no intelligence in this AI. So what's the point if they're just gonna stand there and be pop, like sandbags you punch? You're not gonna learn the game. It's it's gonna actually make it harder for you because. If you play those 10 bot matches, you're going to have no idea how to deal with those heroes you're facing. Because the heroes you're facing against the bots, they don't use their abilities. They, don't, they just stand there and die. They dive towers. They dive your towers yeah. and just die for free. So that's my right, thing. So. Like, I, don't, I don't mind the fact that they have bot matches so much as... These aren't even bot matches. These are just, these are just like single-player matches. It's like 4v0. Like, there's, no, there's no gameplay. There's no challenge. There's no contest, you know? And not only that, not only are the bots really dumb, the game actually gives you like this 40% boost of damage and defense. So when you're playing against bots, you do 40% more damage to them and they, they do less damage to you. So it's made intentionally easy as well, which I think does you a disservice as a player because it's prepare, It's not even preparing you for a live PvP environment. Mm-hmm. And according to Nexon, they actually explain their thought process in the patch notes that this feature was added because we had players entering regular matches when they weren't ready to. There are some unique aspects of the Hyper Universe that players need to learn. It isn't a good experience when a new player comes in and gets annihilated by a group of more experienced players. And I don't think that argument holds any water. If you look at literally any other MOBA, I actually uh, outlined the tutorial systems and mandatory matches in Dota 2, Heroes of the Storm, Gigantic, and League of Legends. Uh, Dota 2 for is my, Dota 2 and HOTS, I think, do this the best. In HOTS, you can just skip tutorial, and there are zero AI, AI matches required. HOTS, the most casual, like made by Blizzard, which is pretty casual and appealing to everyone, right? They're not forcing you to do some nonsense tutorials. They're not forcing you to do some AI matches. It works. Dota 2, no AI, no AI matches. There is a tutorial, but you don't have to do it. Uh, Gigantic is a bit more of a middle ground. There is a tutorial, and you have to do two AI matches to bring out the queue up in normal matches, which takes about 30 minutes. It's it's not great, but look, if a tutorial is 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, I can grit my teeth. I, I'm not going to be a whiny bitch over a 30-minute tutorial. You know what? Like, I, I can spare 30 minutes, okay? But two hours... Two fucking hours of AI matches that are just not fun, that are brain dead, that are, it's, it's almost insulting to me. Like, I, I feel like I can't, like, I'm against this in principle so much that I, I cannot do this. I mean, I physically could, but I don't want to. I, I did this bullshit in the Korean version, which I played and I enjoyed, because after the bullshit AI, you know, AI matches, the game is pretty fun. And I recommend trying it because it's, it's a different style of a MOBA. It's side scrolling, it's interesting, it's, it's a bit different, and it's, it is fun. But you have to get through two hours of bullshit to do that. And I, I would not recommend it to my friends because most of my friends that I, you know, I play mobiles with, they'd be like, I, I don't want to do two hours of tutorial. I don't want to play two hours of bot matches. What the fuck? It's, such a, it's a non-starter. Who's going to recommend this game to their friends? Who's going to play this game when they have to go through two hours of bullshit to actually play a real match? Yeah, and like I said, the, the main problem for me is the fact that these are not matches at all. These are just like stomps. Like these bots don't get kills. They don't do anything. And Omar, I have a question for you. Yep. If you click the video link I dropped in Discord, you, uh, you can go to 37 seconds to be at the same page as the stream. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Would you drink the concoction this man is baking up? Oh, man. To, that to, looks uh, to interesting. Skip, to skip the two-hour bot matches. Would you drink this? Yes. Because that's like <laughs> what, that's like literally 10 seconds of chugging some disgusting fish and like what some meat, some like ground beef. Uh, just mix it up and just, just hold your nose, grit your teeth, and just swallow that shit, all right? Hell yeah, I would. Get past right. this two hours of nonsense. Uh, Problem solved. Next on, let us do it. And as to be to be to get to your point, you know, you're very passionate about this. I I play last night with the intent of getting through the tutorial and the mm-hmm. bot matches so we can play on Friday. Yep. After two matches, I just closed it. 
So, What's funny is actually, without even communicating with you, I closed after two matches as well. Oh. I played through two matches, I got to level two, and I was 70%. Exactly 70% to level three. After playing about 45 minutes in my two bot game. And people are like, oh, the bot game has lost 10 minutes. No, they don't. Okay, yeah. 15-ish. To 15 to yeah. 15 to 18, maybe. Yeah, if you get if you get a if you get teammates at all, just push one lane and end the game real quick. You're right. Yeah, it goes pretty quick. But both my bot matches last over 20 minutes. Okay. And I'm like, guys, what are you guys doing? Just push. Let's just end this game. I'm the only one going. My teammates are being complete bakas, so the game took even longer. Well, you probably have a teammate like me. In my second match, when I realized it was just four players against bots, I just kind of AFK. Like I would like go in. I would just like go and fight once, die, and then just go browse YouTube or whatever, and then check back in a few minutes so I don't get kicked or something. So you probably have teammates right. like me. So it was. Like, it was <laughs> it's it's frustrating, and I I do think they they will remove it. For it's early access, so you got to cut some slack, and I think they're gonna they're gonna realize it's a bad decision. They actually introduced a leveling event to to the game as well that doubles your experience in certain hours to get players you know past that beginning. I think they even said that they recognized it wasn't a good idea after I bitched. Maybe they listened to my bitching. I don't know. I actually called. I actually went on their Discord channel, and I kind of vented directly at their community manager. I I basically, you know, to the community manager at Nexon, I put an ad sign on Discord. I'm like, does anyone at Nexon even play video games? Do you guys enjoy video games? Is the tutorial your favorite part? Like, WTF? And they're like, oh, don't do a personal install set us. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm, just, I'm gonna dip out. So then I left the Discord channel after that because I, I was clearly salty. I didn't want to like insult them personally, but I did feel like it was a legitimate question. Like, if you enjoy playing video games. This seems like such an easy solution. I, I, I mean, not to shit on tutorials overall. I, I understand the need for requiring. I, I don't like mandatory tutorials, but I understand requiring it because some players will skip the tutorial and then be frustrated later down the road. But I think more players, like you and me, for example, would just quit a game when they're forced to do two hours of bullshit. Yeah. Then, then, yeah. yeah. And or it's just, funny. It's yeah. funny what gets under your skin. This really, this really ticked you it, off. It ticked me off, and I, I agree. It's, it's nitpicky. And I'm not trying to judge the whole game. I think, again, I played the Korean version. I got past the level 6 bullshit requirement. I play, I think it's different. I think it's fun. But I think they're really holding themselves back with this. And it really does grind my gears that they did this. Because it seems so obvious. I like, think you're overestimating what work publishers do. Like, for example, Nexon, right? Like mm -hmm. you said, Nexon Korea uh, also requires some kind of bot matching, right? Up to the, level 6, yep. Yeah, the people in Nexon America don't do shit. I don't know if you know this. They just take I, I, the game that was given to them by Nexon Korea, and they push the button that says start the game, and that's what that that's where their work <laughs> ends. They like, lo they localize it, and they also they actually what what's especially frustrating is because um they even said when they were localizing the game when they announced the game for American release they said they're getting rid of the level six requirement, and then someone in Nexon Korea said no you're not allowed your job is to push no. the start button that's it that's your job. <laughs> no. Uh, as is, if, the, if they, they've said, if you can find a match within like 12 seconds, you will play against other opponents. But uh, I've tried like 10 times and I could never get a PvP match. So apparently, if the stars align and you hit the PvP button at level 1, it is possible to play against real opponents. Though I, I've tested it about 8 times on my own. I couldn't do it. I think my brother tested it. He couldn't do it as well. But it, it's right now feasible to match against players right away, but it just doesn't happen. You, you, until you reach level 6, you're in the queue for AI. And you'll be probably playing it every single time. It's unbelievably frustrating for me, but I don't know. I, is this a deal breaker for you guys in chat? Like, if a game makes you do a two hour tutorial or two hours with the AI matches, will you grit your teeth and get through it? Or will you just say, fuck this, I'm going to go play a different game? Like, or is it just a me issue? Maybe, like, maybe. You know, we, yeah. I, we talked about this before, but I actually felt the exact same way in League of Legends. Um, in League of Legends, when I played, when it first came out, right, there mm -hmm. was no tutorial. You could just play, right? 
Then I, I went back and I was lucky. Okay, one, I didn't remember my account, so I made a new one. And I was level one. You can't play with people. You must play against bots. So then I had to recover my old one because I just didn't want to go through that. And my old account was, you know, high enough to play with people. But if I had to, and I'm not a serious league player. I just, I had a friend who wanted to play, so I was mm-hmm. like, whatever. It, if, I, if I didn't remember my old account information, I just wouldn't have played league, you know, ever again and pretty much. You don't want to do the bot match, and I completely understand. Yeah. For those that are unaware, league has a requirement. You have to get level three before you can play normal queues. And How level many? three is about two to three bot matches. And, I, it's, and they're annoying. longer. They're longer than Hyper Universe matches. I don't know. I, okay, I really last think they are. Bot match, it lasts like 15 minutes, okay? But again, as anecdotal evidence, maybe we can do another test run later. But you only have to do two to three matches, though, because you start level one, you get level three, and you level mm-hmm. pretty quick early. But I, I agree, that's bad as well. But mm-hmm. the benefit there is it doesn't last as long. It's not a two-hour ordeal. I, I think it's about two hours. Even three no, three matches no of League? You're playing against AI, though, so it's five players against AI, and everyone just All runs right. down the middle and pushes. No, but they don't, because... That's what pros do. They got banned and making a new account for the eighth time. I don't know. But if you're playing with actual scrubs, they're just gonna wander around, right? They're not gonna. They're not gonna push. I'll make a new account. And I'm gonna, like, I'm, I'll test that for science for next week. Here's the thing. In Hyper Universe, you said your teammates weren't pushing down the same mm-hmm. line. They were just doing their own thing. So you have to assume yeah. apples to apples and assume your league teammates do the same thing. Even if by yourself, you end it pretty quick. The, the AI just kind of feeds you as well. So uh, no more than twenty. I'll say twenty minutes for for those league matches. I mean, a normal league match takes like 25 minutes, probably on average. Like a, a normal game where people aren't just intentionally being dumb bots, you know? Okay, well, fine. Oh, yeah, again, I have to. I we'll have to play. I'll, I think I should play it because you're you're like a pro league. Sure, player. sure, sure. So like you know how to end the game fast and what to buy and everything. So if I play it, let's see where how long it takes me to, to beat a bot match. All right, it's a good test. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Dota 2 and Hots do it the best. They both have tutorials, but they're skippable, and there's zero AMS required. I mean, both those games I think nailed it. And the games even the, the, the sensibility to ask you like. How familiar are you with MOBAs like Heroes of the Storm, like Dota 2? And you can pick. I'm an ex- I've played these games extensively. I'm new. Maybe if the guy clicks I'm new, force him to do all that bullshit. But like, if a player clicks, I know how to play these games. Boom. Let him skip. Problem solved. Boom, boom, done. All right. Well, we've been on this. You know what? We should have done the weekly rate for this topic. I know you. I'm passionate. I, these guys really did, you know, okay. nag me. And, and, and I'm, 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 it's a rant, you know. It's not like. The game isn't going to die because of this, but it just personally frustrates me. And I, I do think they will fix it, though, and they I, will address this concern. I got, an, I got an idea. So we start with the weekly raid. Then we then we transition every week to the weekly rant. The weekly rant? I like that because I do get very passionate about some of these random things. All right, so I like it. We'll, 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 we'll start a new column here, guys. I hope you uh, look forward to that. Weekly rant. Something they can complain about. By the way, let's take this to closers because we got some pretty big news on closers, which is pretty interesting because... This is a game just like Soul Worker. It's the instance Dungeons Persistent Towns MMORPG. And we had Soul Worker last week, and this week we had Closers. It's officially launching in the West. Did you hear about this round? I I did earlier today. That's it. Okay, I was gonna quiz you. Could you have guessed who's published? I, I just saw the headline, but but I do know. I think I think I I did I did hear about this a while ago that and Mass was gonna do this. Yeah, so they're publishing now through the In Mass is really expanding their portfolio of games. They did AVA, uh, they got Critica now, and they get uh, closers next. For a long time, In Mass was basically just Terra. I mean, we all mainly know In Mass for Terra. But now they're trying to publish more and more games. And this is a bit this is a bit of an oddball because this one launched I think in 2014 in Korea. But what's even weirder is earlier this year, there was an English language private server called Code Closers, and it's been running for a long time now. So I feel like a lot of the hype for closers is already gone. Like, a lot of people that wanted to play closers in English are already playing code closers, which has been out since February. Pretty, pretty crazy. You know what's interesting? 
what mm. what games catch your attention and which don't like i remember closers when i first heard about this i was so hyped like i made like the preview page on mmos.com yeah. like I, I took all these screenshots i was like oh man that's pretty cool i want to play this but then like mm-hmm. it, it, then like two years later i was like ah oh, like whatever like now i'm in the whatever phase look at the anime intro though for the mm-hmm. on that page i think pretty high production value there's this like little anime cutscene. you see some gameplay as well here later but the first like half of this 50 second trailer is just like these pretty cool anime scenes yeah, it's a, it's an interesting looking game. I I uh I followed it for a while. Let me let me find a video that on on our page for it. But the thing about these games is whether it's Critica, whether it's Closers or Soul Worker, the games are so similar, which is why it's like very weird to see these games still launched. Like I mean, like they're not bad, and actually I would argue they're pretty fun. But like these are games I personally can't get invested into too long. I mean, I I played Critica, I made two characters, got my job advancements, and I played for. I'm like, all right, I had my fun, you know. But like, I don't know, I just don't feel as invested in a game when they're like so close to each other with soul worker critica and there are like at least 50 games like this that have the dragon nest vindictus that model dfo model honestly yeah. dfo has been running for such a long time it's got so much content it's the most popular morpg in the world thanks to success in china like why not just play dfo or I, I, the one game i would actually like to see like closers happen in the west that i would get excited for if they did pso2 i feel pso2 it's the same model, right? You have the persistent towns, it's just dungeons. But I feel like at least that is like a bit more of an OG model. Like they're one of the earlier people that did that model. And the game is unbelievably popular in Japan. I mean, it's one of the, again, it's one of Sega's most successful online games, period. I mean, it's successful for a reason. I mean, even the unofficial English server on the Japanese server has a good chunk of players on it. And it's there's a lot to it. So I would like to see that game rather than all these cookie cutter, uh, you know, whether it's Critica or Closers or Soul Work. Like, I mean, Soul Worker is the prettiest of the three, I think. It looks visually nice, but I don't think any of them really have any... I actually... I, I like I like Closers the most um, out of the ones you mentioned because it has the side view that, like, mm-hmm. DFO has, right? Where Soul Worker, Kirita, Critica, whatever it's called, Critica, is, is, like, 3D. Like, Kirita! Completely 3D, right? Yeah. Like, you walk around everywhere. In uh, DFO and, and uh, Closers, it's, it, it is 3D. Like, you can go a little bit like this, but it's mostly left to right, right? I, I just yeah. like that aesthetic uh, and style more. It's a, I, I don't think, I, I have no real uh, proof of why it's better. It's just a preference. I should play. I mean, we have yeah. Korean. Uh, yeah, we have Nexon Korea accounts, and the game has been playable in Nexon Korea mm-hmm. since uh, 2014. So I think a lot late 2014. So a lot of people that wanted to play it kind of already played the Korean version, and then they waited years, and then the before. The, what's funny is it was only after the English private server closers online was announced. It was called Code Closer when that was announced. Within two days, that was being announced. Natic Games basically emailed us saying, oh, don't worry, we're, we're launching the official English version soon. Like, I, I think the launch of the English private server got Natic, the Korean developer, to be like, holy shit, we got to license this game quick, you know, before, like, the entire player base starts playing the private server. And then they launched their launch. Now they're finally, it's finally happening. But it just, again, why make, why license closers instead of PSO2? And I think a lot of people are saying it blows my mind that we don't have an English port of PSO2 yet. We've had the, it's coming soon, coming eventually on the official Sega blog. And I think the official PSO2 website is still up in English, but the game is not out yet. And, well, but it's still getting updated in, in, in Japan. It's I, I don't think Sega would license it. They'd do it themselves if they were going to do it. But the, the point is, yeah, they're not doing it, right? It's so like, yeah. why not license it? Like, they, you're think... Sega. You're Sega. You don't want to do it for whatever reason. Like, yeah, you're feeling lazy that, you know, you don't want to do it. You, know, you don't want to think about it. License it in mass. License the Game Forge. Any of these companies will just area. I mean, I get it. They're not the best publishers, but like, I don't think nothing. I don't think Sega trusts these, these like small publishers, to be honest. I, I I I don't think they want to associate their brand with um with with area or whatever. 
But I think most people, most players would tell you that they would rather just have the game than just not have it. And this nonsense they have now. I, I agree. I don't think they'd do a, as a good job running it as Sega if they ran it themselves. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if I, All I'm saying is if I was in charge of Sega, I'd rather not make a little bit of money than give my name, like the Sega name, next to a company that I don't, I'm not familiar with. Like that's not a big um, respected company. I mean, give it to Nexon then. Nexon's a big company. Nexon's bigger than uh, Sega. Yeah, okay. That maybe that yeah. Nexon, I, maybe I'd do that. I mean, Nexon has closers in in in, uh, in Korea as well. They can maybe do PSO2. I, I, I think PSO2 is a better game than, than Soul Worker, Critica, and basically almost every other one of these style games I've personally played. Hmm. I didn't get too far into DFI. I know my, I have friends that play and they swear by it. So, I mean, if the game is actually the most popular MRPG in the world for a reason. DFO makes more money than World of Warcraft. The game is huge thanks to China. Uh, it's on the on the instance dungeon persistent you know world, persistent town area of the recent Western games. I, I think PSO two would do phenomenal, and it just I think it's still nuts that it hasn't happened yet. I, I gotta say, guys, I've been watching these trailers while Omar's talking here, and I, I love the art in closers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't you know. It just it's pretty good. Fun trivia for you guys. Did you know that Sega? Fun fact for you guys. Do you know Sega? The guys that you know make PSO two. They also make pachinko machines and gambling machines. Did you know that they actually own a, a, a division where they own resorts? They own like hotels and they actually own like a five-star mega casino resort in South Korea. Sega, the video game company, has freaking hotels. That's so weird. Yeah, like, a lot of the Japanese co- game companies, they do a lot of things on the side. Like, and, and, and by side, I mean it's probably bigger than their main thing. Like Konami has like gyms and stuff. It's really weird. Actually, Sega, I was looking at Sega because uh, I, I did a few videos for uh, my, my financial look series. I looked at Nintendo, Square Enix, and a few other gaming companies. And I, I, I'm invested in Square, in Square Enix and Nintendo. And I'm like, yeah, Sega's an interesting company. I, I've been playing their games for a long time. Let me let me take a look at them. They're, they're pretty interesting. They're, you know, they make a lot of money. They're very profitable. They're very conservative like most Japanese companies. But they make more profit from, from pachinko machines, which are gambling. They make slot machines. They make more money from slot machines than they do making video games. So Sega... It may not be fair to call Sega a gaming company. Sega is, uh, as a whole, is a pachinko maker, a slot machine manufacturer. That's where the majority of their, a bigger chunk of their income, their profit comes from. It's pretty crazy. Maybe that's why they're so good. Uh, those, the Japanese companies are so good at making mobile gacha games because they have pachinko experience. Think about true. it. True. That's true. It makes sense. I mean, they've been, it was, I think Japan after China is the number two market in the world for mobile games. Because how much money they spend. I think you gave me a crazy, crazy statistic. The average like Pokemon Go user spent like $20, $20 million dollars in, in Japan. Like counting all the n- people that spent no money too. There's another fun fact about Japan, guys. The pachinko gambling uh, revenue is more in Japan. It's more than all like American gambling, like Las Vegas Strip and all that stuff combined. Like Blackjack. And, and Macau, I think, yeah. combined. Crazy. The Japanese are huge gamblers. They love those little balls. All right. Here's here's a game I'm curious if you're excited for, Dual Universe. Okay, this one gotta gotta walk me through this one, more. All right, this is actually, look, I, when I first saw like the the video, the Kickstarter video for this game, I was kind of like, I wrote it off instantly. What the fuck are they doing? They're trying to do this like ambitious nonsense game that's like, never gonna happen, right? But they raised a total of seven point four million dollars in funding now, only eight hundred thousand from Kickstarter, and the rest of that money came from private investors. So they have money, right? And they were able to pitch it to investors and get real money. And this is, it's a it's a sandbox, persistent world 
MMORPG. And it's, it's sandboxed in its truest sense, probably, because if you look at that video on that link and go to, like, uh, 45 seconds and 50 seconds, yeah. you can see what I mean by sandbox. Because people are actually creating content within the game. It's, like, probably a mix of Minecraft meets Roblox meets Second Life, where you can actually literally code content into the game through Lua. There is an interface in game where you can just program stuff into it. So, like, things will function based on how you program it. And it all exists within this this actual MMO world. Which is something, yeah, we haven't seen until you know, until uh, Second Life. And Second Life is a very oddball game. It's unbelievably unintuitive. Very difficult to get into. So these guys try to make that, I think, the whole system a bit more streamlined. And if you can do that within an MMO and not be as bullshit cluttered as Second Life, I think it'd be pretty cool. Because look at Gary's mod. Like, all this shit people create for Gary's mod. Look at, look at Roblox. I mean, if you can allow your player base to create content and it's not bullshit complicated the way it is in second life. second life is I, I challenge you to play second life and try to figure out what the hell's going on oh i tried it, I, so, I couldn't <laughs> it's un, completely unintuitive and confusing and hard to use but like this if you can do that in the same way roblox did it can be huge and i think this is what they're trying to do and just, just this when i watch this video i'm like eh whatever this guy's programming a door right what, what does that mean like what is the limit to what they can actually do in dual universe and if you watch it at like two, like if you skip ahead to like um, the 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 breakout game, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started it. So you can actually program that into like one of the consoles in the game through the the Lua scripting. So that tells me that it's not like bullshit where you can confine your program to very specific things. You can actually program your own games within the game, and that just that's just interesting because not because of the bullshit bricking game, but because of how much more you can do in the game. If they allow that with their custom scripting, they're gonna allow so much. And that just sounds amazing. Again, on paper, I haven't played it yet, obviously, just based on what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's it's definitely an ambitious project. It's like you said, a lot like Second Life. It's kind of sandbox, like legit sandbox. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could say it's Minecraft for like adult nerds, like sci-fi nerds. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's a very interesting slope to climb because I mean? remember the Warcraft three and Starcraft one custom game engine, right? Was mm-hmm. complicated, but at the same time, it's simple enough that the average person, if they spent, if they poured their time into it, could figure it out and make something, right? But then mm-hmm. with StarCraft Two uh, and stuff, they 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 made it too complicated. They made it too powerful, and then people couldn't figure. You know, not as many people could figure out how to work it. So I, I think Lua is a pretty well-known system, but mm-hmm. how it integrates and how easy it is to, to to create in this world, I don't know yet. And and it looks complicated to me, but maybe it's just because of sci-fi. I don't know. Like and you know, spaceships always look more complicated than. Like blocks, like Roblox. I don't know. So it's a it's a delicate balance between accessibility and actual like customization. And I I don't know where they are with that. Actually, I think both Gary's mod and Roblox both use Lua as well. So whatever reason, Lua seems to be the the, the coding language for these kinds of games. And then another gameplay video from E3 2016. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I was not hype about this until I saw this recent video. I mean, even even this E3 video looks pretty pretty good because I, I again I wrote this off because it seemed like it was never going to happen. It was like this they raised 800k, but it's going to cost millions. But they raised a total of like seven point over seven million dollars now, so it's starting to look feasible. And I've I've been saying this for a while. I do think I genuinely believe the next big like jump in MMORPGs, like the next big thing, where we, World of Warcraft big. I'm talking like fucking it's going to actually move the genre forward. We're not seeing the same WoW clones and bullshit over and over again. Is a game that can utilize player created content. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, I think, Neverwinter try it. And in some aspects, I thought that was really cool. The, the player-made dungeons and stories that people told through the game's uh, foundry system was awesome. But it, it didn't take it to the 
what like Roblox can do. And like if you look at Roblox, I mean you can't undersell how successful Roblox is. I think last month Roblox made more money than Overwatch, and uh, yeah. it's right now the tenth highest grossing PC game according to Super Data Research. And Roblox is entirely user made content, and it's not like this persistent world. Instead, it's basically like the StarCraft, the WarCraft, map makers. People make their own interesting mini games within the Roblox world, and you just join it through a lobby based system. But now, a game like Dual Universe is taking that Roblox model and making it in a persistent universe where mm-hmm. people can kind of program their own content within the world. And if it works for Roblox, which is, let's, it's a kid's game. Roblox is aimed at kids, and kids are making content. Maybe not the kids, I don't know who's, I don't know who's making the content. People are making content for Roblox. Why can't we see this? take off in a, in a traditional MO sense. I think the first game to do it right is going to be bigger than WoW. It's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, and basically Roblox for adults. And did you, know, did you know, a lot of people who make those Roblox games, they make six-figure salaries from their uh, royalties from the yep. Yep, so from uh, Roblox. That's pretty you cool. Can actually, you can actually, you, know, you can sell some of the stuff you made, like premium stuff. Actually, I played Roblox with some of the guys on MO's.com Discord. And in order to play, we were playing counter-strike go in roblox it had the music from counter-strike go it had the actual you know weapon noises and the actual weapon models in in roblox and it worked really well it was a really popular mod right a lot of people were playing it but in order to make our own custom server we had to pay and one of the guys uh junkyard santa he had a lot of money on roblox already for deposit from when he played it back in the day so he just bought the premium mod premium so you can you know, he, the, the creator of that counter-strike mod made money off it because he spent a dollar or so getting that premium and we played in-house and it was it was a lot of fun and Roblox proves that player-made content is huge. Do you think it, this can pass? Like, wow! If, it, if it, you know, what do you? No. If not, what do you think is the next big evolution in MMORPG? Because we have been stuck. We we talked a lot about MMORPGs kind of being uninspiring and being kind of clones of each other. We talked about kind of like mobile MMORPGs kind of being this pay-to-win, auto-playing nonsense. What is the next big thing that's going to be I'm not, MMORPG? I'm not talking, you know, okay. MOBA. And what's going to propel the genre forward? What is the next? giant leap the next biggest game okay i'll get to that uh i'll think about that while i talk about something real quick there's a caveat here about dual universe a few people in chat compared it to star citizen and i don't think that's fair they're completely different in their scope i know it looks like there's a lot going on here like with the spaceships flying around but this is basically one of those games where the the developers themselves have to do very little work they basically create a, a very base template with no like story no content really and then they leave it to the players to create the content and context mm-hmm. and story. So this isn't like one of those. I don't think it'll take, if they actually want to release this, I think they can release it quickly. Like it's not going to be like a huge uh, money sink because they don't really have to, to to do much. You know, they have to create the template and that's it, and then let you do mm-hmm. what you want. So it's not quite like Star Citizen, but that's a double-edged sword. The content you're relying on the players to create the hook that keeps some people there. So that can backfire if nobody plays the game, right? If nobody, if nobody plays this and there's no content there's nothing to do so you, it's, it's a little different than star Citizen in that regard sure. uh, as for whether i think it's gonna be you know if it, if it gets it right will be bigger than wow or something um no i think i actually think uh games like this are niche but if you uh, like look at the Life. games like minecraft too like mm-hmm. this whole emphasis on sandbox and player create i think there is a need there's a big demand for creativity even games like rust arc right there is a sense of like you making your own thing within and I don't think WoW really ha- no MMORPG really does that right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's where the opportunity lies. Well, it's something very important to keep in mind. The word sandbox. Okay, mm-hmm. who who plays in sandboxes typically? Kids. Kids. Exactly. So I think the mark. The- Here's the thing. When we were younger, when everyone was younger, when kids, when they see a sandbox, they see potential, right? Like Minecraft. They want to build. They want to do something, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I think adults, you know, they have to go to work. They got to deal with the bills. They got to. 
they gotta watch TV. They gotta they gotta they gotta keep up with Game of Thrones. You know, they don't have time or interest. They gotta in see it. Daenerys' titties. You know. Yeah. So, so I think uh, I think the the total sandbox stuff is gonna remain the domain of kids with 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 a sizable minority of adult players. You know, there's plenty of people who play Minecraft that are older than you know kids. Uh, but when it comes to something like this, it, it's gonna mirror more like Second Life. Uh, in terms of popularity, which Second Life no. did have a big swing, it, it was pretty big for a while. Second Life, right? Second Life is unplayable. It, it's genuinely no, unplayable. Even when it came out, and that was like normal. The UI, yeah. I, I get it. Every everything got better since Second Life came out. Like, if you know, if you give someone EverQuest today, they're not going to be able to figure out that interface. And I think you're you're understating how many uh, adults play Minecraft. I think Minecraft appeals to people our age. Even I mean, I, I, there are more kids playing it for sure. But I think there's a Millions of adults probably play Minecraft and well, Roblox too. I, I never played Roblox until recently. I'm like, eh, it looks like a kid's game, right? I never give the game a fair shake. And I'm ashamed to say, like, I, I kind of wrote it off without really playing it. But having played it because uh, one of our buddies on the most Discord, Rice's, shout out to him, he suggested we play Roblox. I'm like, eh, why not? You know, we're, we got like six people on Discord just in the voice chat hanging out. You know, let, let's play something. You know, we just finished our war mode game. <laughs> it was another bullshit game I suggested. And we played Roblox. We played this paintball game. We played this, uh, CSGO knockout game, you know, within Roblox, and we played a Battlefield game within Roblox, and they were, I was blown away. Like, mm -hmm. holy shit, this is like, this is like people making custom maps for Warcraft 3 all over again, except like, it, it's simple interface and it works. Like, I had a ton of fun, and I, I can see myself playing Roblox again, and playing some random ass games, because the opportunity is endless, where people are actually making the content. And if you put, if you put that in an MMORPG, oh my god, forget about it. It's gonna be amazing. But, it's, you, you have to limit it a little, because it, Somebody can't make a kill everything button, and you know you can't allow everything. Yeah, imagine, obviously. imagine a single shard a server where uh, you know someone can craft a Lua code that destroys the universe. So you couldn't allow that, right? No, of so course. It's gonna be restricted more than Roblox or you know something like that. And obviously, there's there's a, there's a design problem there as well. Like how do you how do you limit the, what people can do? And there's gotta be some kind of structure and some goals in the game too, because otherwise, like what Roblox succeeds. And Minecraft succeeds because it kind of exists within their own like self-contained servers, mm -hmm. their own self-contained worlds. So each individual map, right. where Dual Universe is trying to be this you know persistent world, constant yeah, thing. I don't know. Like e even Second Life has like different areas that people like zone into, right? And then like mm -hmm. that area is controlled by one person, and he can basically kick people out. He can you know ban yeah. people. He can so it is even Second Life is servered or, or uh, in yeah. some way, yeah. So if this Dual Universe is trying to do it without that. The only way I, I can see yeah. is everyone gets their own planet, and then they can kick people out of their planet. I don't know. I, I really don't know what their plan is. I Again, have to read more about this. Yeah, I don't. I don't claim that dual universe is going to be that savior, right? Mm -hmm. I, I okay. think that model, where people, you know, or the game is more reliant than player-made content, and we've seen it succeed in Roblox. Like, and again, you cannot underplay that the game made more money than Overwatch last month. It's one of the highest-grossing PC games in the world, and Minecraft is, is giant, and it, it relies entirely on player-made content. This this sandbox element where players add the content is going to be if you can integrate that well into MMORPG I think that's going to be what's going to push the genre forward I'm curious do you have a you know what you think is going to move the genre like what is it what is the next wow what is the next style of game they'll be like wow Ooh. I know I'm putting it on the spot because we didn't, we didn't you know we didn't we don't plan these out by the way these discussions kind of just happen okay okay if, if I must if I must answer you must answer okay one it has to be a single server so okay. that that has to so I think with spatial OS that's more and more possible uh two yeah, you can shape the world. Something like uh, uh, Rust or something. We can build structures, mm -hmm. and real, you know, on the, and then they're there permanently, whether you're logged in or not. So that that's gonna that's gonna be it. 
Something like whoever does something like, something like that. Just a persistent world Rust or like a Worlds of Drift style game. Worlds of Drift style game, but one server. One server, and your character grows. Like it has some kind of stat system, some kind of skill system. Some you know, like it's not just just die and start over. Yeah, I think I think that genre has a lot more potential too. Whether it's Rust or Worlds of Drift. I mean, one mega server with thousands of players in a world you can kind of, you know, influence would be freaking amazing. I mean, I, Rust I think would be. The, one of my, the best games ever, I think, if there's one mega server, mm. and it was kind of paced better through, like, you don't instantly get rockets. There's potential in that sandbox element, and you just got to combine it with MMORPGs, and I think you have a winning combo. But, I mean, it's over, overall, though, I'm not really optimistic on that happening anytime soon. I think MMORPGs are being held back, not by the computer technology, but by a lot of internet technology, like, like people on Wi-Fi, people on shitty internet. Um, you know, it, these, you know the, the, pay, the, the progress of graphics... Yeah, and stuff like that and, uh, has been outpacing the progress in connections for the average person, like inter- internet mm-hmm. connections. And until that's solved, which I don't know how that's solved, uh, we're not going to have servers with 10,000 people on a server because the people with shitty internet or Wi-Fi and, that are unstable can't handle that. That can't be true, though. We've had Planetside 1 feel like a 1,000 units on the screen. Yes, Planetside but, 2. But the people the... playing Planetside 1 were all hardcore PC dedicated gamers. They yes. weren't... Yeah, so today, though, the average kid, right? He's playing on his like shitty laptop that his dad gave him after he got a new one, right? And and the ba- the router's in the basement, you know, with Wi-Fi, and he, he just has garbage internet, garbage computer, and, and he's got to play what he's got to play, and he can't play this game I'm describing, or you or you're describing. I forget even the average console is getting so much better. Like if he has the new uh, Xbox One, what's it called? X One X One X Xbox One X. Like you can you can have that on a console too. No, the, maybe the hardware isn't the problem. Like I said, it's it's the it's the Wi-Fi. An internet aspect. I don't know. I think I've, the average internet speed in, in the U.S. Has, has improved drastically over like the last five, ten years. It used to be like three megabits. Now it's like up to like fifteen. We're like we're, we're much closer to the world average than we were like back in the day. It was much worse when like ten years ago. Uh, but again, that that pace of progress is not the same speed as the pace of progress in GPUs, for example. So yeah, I I understand it's internet is getting better, but it's getting yeah. better slower than than the graphics and shit are. And, and it's another good example. File sizes. I mean, we were on Discord a few days ago, or yesterday. People were complaining about the file size of the new Final Fantasy 15. They were complaining about the file size of a very... Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, this game's 100 gigabytes, 200 gigabytes. The problem is not that these games are that big. They're not that big. 200 gigabytes is not that big compared to... You know, if you file, if you chart, like, a, if you chart a graph of um, game sizes, they're, they, mm-hmm. they're going up steadily for, you know, 20 years. The problem is hard drives stopped getting uh, progressively bigger. They're getting bigger linearly, not, not exponentially. That's the problem. Like I remember, a one TB drive was very common, like ten years ago, right? And now we're up to like, about ten years ago. Is it really? I, yeah, I think so. Uh I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But my point Maybe, is, I don't, remember, I, don't, I don't remember though. I don't remember. My point is now they're up to like four, right, or five. Like that, that, yeah. that's like big. That's a very linear progression. Whereas GPUs are getting better, you know, or much much faster than that. All right. Fair, I guess. I, I still, whoever does. It's not hyper universe. Somebody's got to combine this sandbox player crafted content of like whether we want to go simple like Minecraft or Roblox. That's the game. That's going to change the oh, genre, boys. I got a bitch about something real quick. Bitch about my, my it. Go rant. have at it. Rant. Okay, so Omar and I live have in Las it. Vegas. Our ISP is Cox, C O X. We pay $100 a month. We get about 350 MBS. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. For seven years, we used it. We were happy. It was great. Just this year, like two months ago, they said we're going to start capping your internet. You can get what was it, a thousand, a thousand gigs? 
Yeah, TB, I think. Yeah, one TB a month is our cap now. After which, we have to pay 50 bucks if we pass that for, for 10 TB, for 10 GB more, and then every increment. That's 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 a big problem for me, I think. So I think I think that the the fact that these caps are getting more popular across America is going to is going to really stifle like innovation and the ability of games to get bigger. I mean, I don't know why we don't have 1 TB games by now. Like that's you no, know, it's not a big I don't think it's a big number 1 TB for a game. It's 1 TB is still like I think we we've, we've only come close to getting it like hitting that cap once. We 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 passed it many times. Before, really? before, before the guess, before the cap was enforced, we we went over multiple times. They uh, sent, we just gotta be a little more careful with that pirating. They sent me a a, a, a postage saying, and it was bar graph showing like the the months you went over, it, and then just mm-hmm. as a warning, so you, you know, you make sure you don't go over it again. Man, that sucks, but that doesn't seem like a big issue. For you. Uh, Come oh, on, most games aren't that big anyway. This is something Omar and I are on the very opposite ends of. Like, he doesn't see a big issue with these data caps. I think data caps are like the worst thing uh, that's gonna happen to PC gaming, to the gaming in general. The, the internet it, culture it already, in general. It it already is an awful thing in most countries. I know people in Australia and New Zealand. They, like I, I know people online that live there. It's it's awful over there. Mm-hmm. Your internet speeds are garbage. It's so expensive, and you have unbelievably low data caps. In the U.S., where we are again, look, one TB data cap is, you know, look, I agree. I don't like it, but like it, it's pretty reasonable. I, I feel like I can hit that one TB. And, no, I'm not gonna hit that one TB if I'm a little careful about. But but here's the thing. So in that in this, by the way, we're bringing. If you're forgetting one big thing, we're paying for their we're paying for their top package. We cannot give them more money. Like this is this is the best they offer. Okay, yeah. so the average person who you know and you know for us this is this is like our job. This is our main hobby. You know, gaming. So this is important for us. For the average household, right? It's not important. They're gonna go with the value package, and then the kid's gonna be stuck on a Wi-Fi. The, the internet already sucks, right? Coming into his house, then he's on he's on a shitty uh, router that the company gave them. So and he's upstairs. So that Wi-Fi sucks. Now it gets to his and his laptop sucks. So this guy is, you know, why he's playing Roblox? Because he can't play, um, you know, whatever else he's trying to play. He can't play. No, Roblox these, is a good game. He, he can't he play. To play that, right? No, he can't play a two hundred gig game. He just can't do it. You know, it, it, that's why he's playing Roblox. Look, that could be an issue if the net neutrality thing, you know, like doesn't pan out and like it gets hella throttled and shit. But look. I don't see an issue today. It could be an issue later. We'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, you have to... It already is an issue overseas, though. I'll, I'll that. Canada is bad too. I hear Australia is an awful. It's in the it, U.S. It's not awful yet. It, it's like this: How many times can you take a shit a day? Like five, or whatever, two, three, whatever. Imagine, the, imagine, days, just, imagine there's a private sewer company who runs a sewer saying, "Okay, you can only shit five times a month." Like or ten. Like why? Are we, why are you limiting my shits? Like the the. The ISP, right, is a utility, and the, the pipes are the, you know, are like the sewers. So don't limit how many times. If I'm paying you, okay, and I'm, I'm paying you the most you, you allow me to pay you, by the way. That, that's important, too. If I'm paying you as much as you allow me to pay you, why are you limiting how many shits I can take? I, I agree. It's shit. I, I, I don't <laughs> agree with that either. I mean, it just, right now, the caps in the U.S. aren't as bad as the caps. Yeah, it, it's shitty, but the caps here aren't as bad. I think 1TB is bad. I, I can blow through 1TB right. in a week. You want... You, you, yeah, you done a lot of jabs, all right. So you, you gotta you gotta make room. <laughs> Stop shitting. You're, you're overloading the pipes. There you go. There. You, take a break on the shitting, all right. All right. And let's all right. Let's let's let, let's pivot here. Let's pivot here to uh. Let's talk, let's talk about Star Citizen, all right. Let's talk about Star Citizen because they showed off something at uh, Gamescom, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Take a look at this. All right, Star Citizen to feature in-game faceware. All right. Let's, whoa. This guy in his trailer looks a lot like, or the thumbnail looked a lot like, uh, Sir Davos. De- Sir Davos. Is it him? 
It is him, that's why. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So skip ahead to like 50 seconds, okay? And they're showing off some like in-game content that kind of mimics, you know, it uses like face capture technology from your from your webcam to uh, kind of like, when you move your mouth or you move your facial features, your character in-game also moves that as well. I thought that was kind of cool. It's kind of neat. Look, look we, we take a lot of time shitting on Star Citizen. And while everything I said about Star Citizen before, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm sticking with. This is pretty cool. But I don't think we need, they need to focus on like all these ancillary features, these side features. They should just get the game and finish it, right? Put out what they've already promised. Stop giving more shit. But as like a side thing, I think it's pretty cool. Um, It is pretty cool. And you know what it reminds me of? This actually hmm. mirrors the conversation we had last week about the pizza delivery. Because you mentioned pizza delivery for, I believe it was Final Fantasy fourteen, right? And yes. No, uh, five, yeah, 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 for the promotion in yeah. like, New Zealand. Oh, yeah. And that mirrored uh, an EverQuest, old EverQuest 2 promotion where you can type slash pizza to order pizza. Mm-hmm. And this facial recognition feature, uh, I don't know if you remember, was actually, I think, also in EverQuest 2. I think they had... Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, so they tried this something similar to this back in EverQuest 2, which just goes to show you guys, the MMORPG genre, I think in the 90s or in two, early 2000s, was at least like 20 years ahead of the general gaming uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad to see how far it's fallen, but different point. Uh, as for this facial feature thing on um, Star Citizen, it's cool. And I think today everyone has webcams. Not everyone, but most people today, most PC gamers that go on Twitch and stuff like us, have have webcams. Whereas back in EverQuest 2 days, I think a webcam was still pretty rare. So this this can actually get some use today. And, and yeah, I think you make a good point. And more PGs in like early 2000s were hella ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Because when EverQuest 2 did this, I thought it was fucking amazing. I was really blown away when I saw an EverQuest 2 because it worked really well. I remember calling you over and like, yeah, look how cool this is, right? And I showed it to you. Like, like, it wasn't something a lot of people used, but I think stuff like this, right? Today, especially when the technology is a little further ahead and we, everyone's actually got webcams thanks to Twitch. I think Twitch really kind of pushed everyone to have webcams because as, as a gamer, like, it seems like I never needed a webcam. Like, why would I have a webcam? Like, am I going to like cybersex somebody? Maybe yes. anybody. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good reason too. But like beyond that, like there was no need for a webcam. Like with Twitch, you know, it becomes a thing. Even like smaller streamers do, you know, stream as well for fun with their friends. So it's good to have a webcam today, and more people have it, which makes it really cool. Yeah. So I think if this feature, right, because in Star within Star Citizen, I don't think it really does anything because the game is not out yet, and I'd rather just see the goddamn game finished with the persistent universe. I want to see all that done, right? But like if this existed within maybe like FF14, maybe like other like in World of Warcraft. If you have like, you know, then it could be really cool because like it's already if you get input in a game that's already out, it's already pretty big. I think it would add a lot of, you know, like little it would add a lot to the game. It would make it more immersive. And actually this technology, they're also trying to do something called um, something called diogenic IP, which allows for realistic distortion of a player's voice according to their in-game surrounding, such as distance and nearby obstacles. So if you're oh. like in a mountainous region, your audio will sound different. That would be really cool. Man, this all this is all really cool technology. I don't, it, I don't have to see this shit in Star Citizen. Is the thing? Like, I want to see this in games that are already out yet. You know, like put this, implement this in an existing game. For Star Citizen, it's kind of cool that they're the ones kind of showing it off. But I want to see it in a game that's already playable and it's already out. Star Citizen, stop focusing on all this other nonsense and just get the game out already. I, I actually I disagree on that part. I think uh-huh. retrofitting a feature like this to a game that's existing is is almost not going to happen because why? A couple of reasons. One, the people who are left staffing a legacy product are not the tail- trailblazers. They don't want, I don't think they have the skill set to do it unless they bring outside people, at which point they, they're more likely to focus that outside people on a new product. 
So one, you have like the maintenance people, the maintenance crew on the job, not it's the trip. It's not maintenance. Come on. What I think you so. say that over seventy percent of the, the the cost of a game is spent after the game launches if it's an MMO. That's what the the Nexon CEO said in his presentation. Yeah, but they're using the template built. Like yeah. I, like for example, the excuse a lot of MMORPGs give not to do classic servers is we lost the code, right? Like I think that just means yeah, we don't bullshit. know. Okay, it's, it, it is bullshit to some extent, but don't forget, the private server uh, people are the most passionate and skilled, right? They have the passion and time and skill, coding skill. Mm -hmm. I don't, the people who say, we lost the code, what they're really saying is, we lost instructions, and now when looking at the code, we can't figure it out because we're not as good as the people who initially made this, right? So we can't figure this out. We can add new stuff, like we can drop, we can drag and drop new works to the new, to the new scene, you know? But we don't know how to, you know, retroactively work with this code. Yeah, I think... It's it does it seems like not like a crazy redoing of I, I'm not saying they should just like make Final Fantasy 14 an action RPG because that's like unheard of tier like revamping the whole game and then you can't do that or World of Warcraft just turn World of Warcraft into a play in the soul style action that that's impossible but when when, when like you already have some built in voice features you're like wow why this seems like something that can be done uh, maybe I I don't know the details but I do know that uh. It's always harder to add something on rather than do it from the beginning. Like even when you're building a house or something, you know, like mm -hmm. it's easier to install a certain kind of window when it's, there's no windows, there's no, fr you know, there's nothing in the way. Um, mm -hmm. It's easier to do all this stuff bef before the product is finished. Yeah, but I, don't know, I, 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 th I thought that was kind of cool, and I, I do. Those little things do make MMORPGs more immersive. Whether it's the the voice thing, imagine like if Rust had that too. It'd be awesome. Like they could just add this to Rust and be amazing. You know what I think? Oh, would be, they, they, you know, what would be cool too. Besides this, besides the voice thing, if you could, if it, if it could slightly alter your voice, so it it doesn't sound like you, but it still says the words you're saying. I think a lot of people would open up then to voice communication. There's still a lot of people I think that are, especially women, who don't want to use voice chat because they're gonna get trolled or harassed or they they sound maybe they're kids and they don't want to sound like you know like squeaky people and then get yelled at. Right. <laughs> so imagine you could talk into your mic and then in Star Citizen or some other game, everyone hears like. A marine's voice like hey guys let's go you know like i think a lot of people that would, that would open up the voice chat to a lot more people maybe yeah that's true I, I, a lot of girls though they don't want to use voice yeah i don't blame them because they're going to yeah. get trolled like retards they, definitely know, by, by retards <laughs> but again guys get trolled all the time too you, know, you look at you look at a PUBG. like people just troll everyone there's no like i don't think i don't think, I don't think you get exceptionally trolled if you're a girl like if you, if you go to lobby in PUBG, like before a game begins that is like look the lobby in PUBG is like unfiltered pure internet it's a mishmash of like nonsense racism people just screaming fuck you and like it just the memes the stupid shit that happens in PUBG before the game that first like two minutes while you're on the plane or when you're in the lobby is just it's just so pure it's a pure bullshit of the internet and i love it all right i, I don't know i don't know that, that how related that is that, but that it's, works it's amazing that works in that kind of game like a lobby game but it won't work in the more rpg because if you have a toxic yeah. atmosphere all the time every time you log in you're, like, you're just gonna you're not gonna leave you know you're not gonna stay uh, there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that PUBG lobby, though, it's, it's, there's a philosophical discussion to be had about the PUBG lobby being so pure. I'm like, also, it's remember, true. everyone's objective is to kill everyone else on that plane, right? Yeah. So that kind of encourages the trash talking, the shit talking, the trolling, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, at least MRPGs, the good thing about them, I feel, is you get the full gamut of human interaction, right? There are people who are just trolls and assholes. There are people yeah. trying to help you. There are people who you don't know is somewhere in the middle, right? Are they trying to help you? Are they trying to screw you over? You really don't know, right? So I think that's mm -hmm. the beauty of MMORPGs. Yeah. All right. Uh, I linked your video for uh, Gamescom. 
Okay. Profile. This is the video you show me. You talk a little about this. I know you are you are offended by this video. Okay, guys. Let's see where you stand. When I saw this video, before I read the YouTube comments, I was like, oh, this is kind of cringy. Like, this is this is some poor production value. And I read the comments, and people tended to agree with me. So I'm going to play this for you with the audio. It's not too long. And I want you guys to uh, let me know what you think. My opinion, it's amateur hour. But let's find out. was simple. I went from daughter to wife to widow to soldier. My family, my kingdom, all in ruins. Chosen by the gods, I have lived countless lives. I have been a hero, loved by the masses. A villain, skulking in the darkness. A queen, uniting my people to drive back the hunger. A warlord toppling walls to slaughter the innocent. They worship us as immortals. They call us champions, legends, heroes. We are not heroes. We are scavengers. We are we crows. Are crows. Okay, so first of all, I think it looks fine. It looks good, right? It's the it's the voiceover that really made me cringe. My favorite comment I read it was, did they get Sally from Account to do the voiceover? And so I replied, I'm pretty sure she made the entire trailer. The, it, the, isn't it weird? Like, I, like, we are crows. Yeah. <laughs> it was very cringy, and it did definitely feel amateur. Yeah. I, some of the, like, the, the, the visual content was okay, but the, yeah. the way it was presented with the audio kind of made it shitty. Mm -hmm. I agree. The, uh -huh. I mean, it's cringe. Go. Oh yeah, and uh, there's there's a good number of dislikes on the video. More actually, there are less dislikes than I thought, um, which is which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, games came this last week, so we got a lot of talk about some of these new games. Yep, a lot of a lot of coming out of Gamescom. Uh, Crowfall is a project I've been following, uh, less so in the last six months because I kind of got burned out. But I was pretty hyped for this one as well. Uh, you get burned out. The game is not even out yet, dude. <laughs> that's the thing. That's my problem with these permanent development games. But this one, I did. We talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, and we highlighted some of the expensive um, packages in the store. And I'll bring that up again. I know how much you like. Let's compare this to the one thousand uh, dollar bundles in um, the Amazing Eternals. Okay. Let's take a look. All right, here we go. We got the two thousand seventeen Ruby bundle. It's only a thousand dollars. Only? What a deal! And let's see what oh, we got. Guild Stronghold. All right. Seven thousand dollars. You can buy an imperial palace for seven grand. It's only seven grand, guys. What a deal. Okay, so this is actually pretty funny because I know when we last talked about the imperial palace in Crowfall, you were making a good point about how like a lot of people here in the West are kind of like pissed off at Asian games for being cash grabs, right, and just stuff like that. And you kind of said people got what they deserve because all these Western crowdfunded games now they were trying to like be an alternative to all the Asian cash grabs ended up kind of 
trying to be cash grabs themselves with $7,000 Imperial Palace and whatnot. I mean, you triggered a bunch of people on uh, RMORPG on that discussion. It's pretty funny. Did I? One guy, yeah, I, I mean, I was going back and forth with some guy, and he's like, oh, the $7,000 is perfectly fine. It's not a cash grab. It's meant for guilds. I'm like, what? Then can't you just argue that all the pay-to-win stuff in, like, every other game is made for guilds, and then you can dismiss it that way? That's nonsense. You can't just say it's for guilds and you get a free pass. It's oh, still $7,000. We get in those bits. Thank you guys for the bits. Hey, I appreciate it. Giant Chinese piece <laughs> What a name. What a name. But what's funny is, like, there is, there is still this cult for uh, whether whether it's Crowfall, whether it's Asher Creation, whether it's Chronicles of Illyria, all these games that are kind of like, you know, like anyone crowdfunded, right? There's a bit of a cult following on those games, and you have to be a believer. You have to, like, take everything. And I think... Not, not so much Crowfall, I think. I think uh, Chronicles of Illyria and Asher Creation have a bit more of that cultish following. But I think it's it's fair to kind of critique a game on like its business decisions of selling thousand dollar founders packs or selling seven thousand dollar imperial palaces. I mean, it's 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 a bit sketch, and yeah. it's just. It... Uh, thank you for the sub. Uh, two months in a row, true dull shot. Appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it, man. Yeah, and I I really think it's part of like it's kind of the sad thing is they kind of used the, the um, business model of the Asian games as a selling point mm -hmm. of their games. That's the worst part. I remember yes. if you watch the original Chris Roberts like um, Star Citizen video, it's stuff like, well, they said PC gaming is dead, you know, like they, I'm gonna bring it back with all this all this cool stuff, like it's gonna be like the old days. Uh, but it, it's not turning out that way, is it? You know, we got microtransactions uh, up the wazoo. In did he really say he's gonna make it back the old days? Something like that. Like, I, I, it's been it's been the years since I saw it, but we can play. Yeah, it. we should watch it again because if he does say that, it's pretty hilarious because of how like old games don't have twenty thousand dollar spaceships you know ten thousand dollar spaceships so that's like a completely new phenomena through yeah, uh, chris yeah. roberts i think i really think microtransactions have have um swamped uh the western development process probably even more so than asian at least korean at this point uh and uh, and these bundles you know you can see um they want basically they want they're selling you the whole here's the thing too i think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you buy this stuff because like, I remember playing Ultima Online private servers. Oh, we got another sub. Legend Physical. Thank you so much. Another two-month sub. Nice. I appreciate it, dude. I think one of my fa my favorite part of an MMORPG is progressing through the world. And I remember even mm -hmm. when I played private servers, like for Ragnarok Online, Ultima Online, I wouldn't pick the server with, like, the 10,000 times experience. Like that. Some people like that. That's fine. That's cool. Whatever. But for me, I would pick the lower-rate servers because I actually liked, you know, the latter. Like, I wanted to be a newbie. I wanted to be the middle person. I wanted mm -hmm. to be the high-end. That was fun for me. So, but I feel like if I if I'm going to spend ten thousand dollars on Star Citizen or or Crowfall before it's even, and I have the, the castle, I have like the the armor, I have I have this war mount, I have I have all this <laughs> stuff. Like, what am I progressing for then at that point? Like, I, I it's like it's like a, you win button. It's like what's the point of playing the game if you have everything that you could ever want in the game? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, if somebody spent like ten thousand dollars on Star Citizen and you know somebody, get them on the show. I, I want to hear what they you know what they what they think about the game. You know they're. I want to talk to someone that spent $10,000 on stars. That'd be an interesting conversation to have. What do you think about, uh, like, again, this is... I don't know why this is controversial. I think um, Jib Sterling made a video about microtransactions in games. I have to watch the video. I haven't seen it. I'm going to probably watch it later today now because I just remembered it. Like, games like Overwatch or PUBG or really even Terra where they're selling you cosmetics. In, in I think Jib Sterling made the argument. Again, I haven't seen the video. I'm going to watch it after this. That... You cosmetics are still no go. You shouldn't have cosmetics as microtransaction because you bought the game. You should be entitled to all the content. Hmm. So he's saying a pay 
uh, in a buy to play game you should have it or uh, all yes. games in a buy to play game in a buy to play i bought like, the argument to be made for overwatch i bought overwatch okay i should have that mercy skin no i don't i don't buy that and we should we'll watch mean, that video together it's like, after this okay we'll watch that here's a, it's like this you can actually get that mercy skin if by by playing right you get the coins you yes. can open the chest that's like saying i bought golden eye you know 64 so i want to play the last level yeah, you can just get to the last level. You know, like it's it's not it's not going to be unlocked for you from the beginning just because you paid them for the game. You, know, you can unlock all the skins by playing the game. So I don't know what he's complaining about. Yeah, we'll watch the video together. I'm okay. curious what he said. I like watching Jim Sterling's videos. He hates microtransactions though. I, and he specifically talks about Overwatch, so that's why I mentioned Overwatch. It's called Pay to Spray Overwatch and Microtransaction. Should be uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I do like his videos. Mm -hmm. Anything oh. else interesting from Gamescom? Well, I don't, I'm not sure if this is from Gamescom, but someone in the chat just mentioned it, so it's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. You also covered it in the news. Uh, Moo Legend. The beta got delayed three months. Ugh, we were supposed to get it this year. Now We're still going to get it this year. It's technically November, but we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was originally meant to be September, and now it's in November of 2017. So it's, it's a bit unfortunate because the South Korean version came out in March, and here in the, the global English version... We gotta wait until November. So the the South the people in Korea can start playing this game like so long ago, but they're saying they're going to be implementing a lot of the feedback from the Korean version over into the the global version. So if if that's true, I think we will get a better game in the end. You know, I guess maybe the Koreans got a chance to beta test it for us, and maybe the the global version will be better and more up to date. At least it'll launch in a better state, and that's that's the promise. And actually, what I like about this um that this is actually like they actually posted something really interesting. They posted a pretty long facebook posts about why they're doing it right very often we hear like okay it got pushed back and that's it right when, when a company is being straightforward with you right they, they explain their thought process and like they're asking you like listen this is why we're doing it please bear with us i can at least you know like i can sip i can understand and i can i'm more accepting and i don't get i don't get upset like but if they just say something like all right or, or if they say nothing right just, or they, they they just say it's delayed two months that's it we gotta finish something no that's nonsense at least at least they're being more transparent. They explain their thought process, and it's it's a little better. It makes it a little more palatable. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'd like the fact that they said they're gonna take the feedback from the Korean version to make this version better. Because mm. I was before you actually linked this, I was about to scream. Well, Korea already has it. What are they waiting for? So mm. that okay. So that tamed me. At least that took me. And that, that's important. If, if if these guys did not send this communication, my thought process would be: Well, it's out in Korea. Why isn't it out here? They just don't care or they're lazy or whatever. But, you know, just a simple act of publishing this, um, you know, answered that question. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we act you can see the actual gameplay video. Some of you haven't seen Moo Legend yet. It's actually, it's an isometric MMORPG. So I guess think Path of Exile or Diablo 3, except it's an actual MMORPG. It's not like, it's, you can see other players in a persistent world. It's one, of the act it's one of the only isometric actual MMORPG games. So it's the kind of, you know, Keep us interested until Lineage Eternal or Lost Ark come out. It's, I guess maybe it's just the same kind of. That, that's a good point. Uh, even with the three month delay, I'm sure it's still gonna be uh, Lineage yeah. Eternal and uh, uh, hmm. everything else to market. So there's actually FG FG2000 said Moo Legend is that first look at how Lost Ark and Lineage Eternal will work. So yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good explanation. It's of it. still gonna be the first of the three uh, Korean action RPGs to come out. Mm -hmm. And it had a closed beta earlier in the year. Yeah, we like played it. January, it's so, yeah, we so crazy it. It that it's taking this long. <laughs> Time flies, you know. When we first, that was like when was that? February yeah. or January? January, February for sure. Because the the Korean version launched 
actually been even earlier than that actually it might have been like late 2016 but it was it was a fun game and i think it'll do well people like what I, they're I waiting games for typically do really well on steam too so except it's gonna have more rpg elements so that alone will kind of differentiate it too all right all right more games need to be straightforward <clears throat> looking at you seg over there your fucking pso2 still says coming soon you know on their official website you know the website is still up it's still up and they don't even bother to update us look at this nonsense go to go to pso2.com us and give me the link guys it's still up here it's ha it's coming soon guys oh my god you know what i hate when when this flash no when websites play music when you launch i know i hate it too you, you, you can turn it off at the top right. Uh, I know, I, I, I had it. But... Guys, look, Sega and PAX is going to be there, guys, at Arcade Expo. It's not going to be this PAX stuff, because they're talking about PS2. PAX 2010. <laughs> yeah, PAX 2010. In fact, it links to a blog post that's from 2010 and 2012. Really? So that's funny. Yeah, so if you click through that, you see the blog post on Sega's official blog, their website. It's so frustrating because they don't even they don't even tell you. like how. Just tell us it's not going to happen. Just be like, okay, we changed our mind. Like, I'm pretty sure that that hasn't even happened yet. Yep, but that's important. Communication, guys. It's the basis it so of any obvious, strong you know, relationship. No. I have a quick... Their last post was in 2012. Yep, August. Yeah. Uh, good, good point in chat. Japanese people don't know how to make a clutter-free website. If you guys want to see what the internet looked like in 2010 or earlier... Just go to like a modern Japanese website because they're they're like no, um, Yahoo.co.jp. It's one of the biggest websites in Japan. Okay, let's go. So their design decisions really haven't evolved uh, since like the early 2000s. Look at this, guys. This is this is literally what like Yahoo looked like 10 years ago. More years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. This is very odd. Japanese websites typically all tend to look like this. It looks very old. There's a good Vox video on it, wasn't it? About like Japanese web design. Maybe not Vox, but there's, there's, if you search YouTube for Japanese web design, you'll probably get a good explanation of why. And this is, again, Yahoo is, like, huge in Japan. Like, not like America Yahoo, where people, it's kind of like nobody uses it anymore. No, Yahoo Japan is still ginormous. It's one of the biggest websites in Japan, and it looks like, and almost all big websites in Japan look like this. Yep. Yeah, welcome to the 90s internet. It's a good blast from the past. All right, we, hey. unfortunately, we're wrapping up, but we didn't get to talk about Dauntless. So I want to quickly... Just Ooh, talk point. about that. We we played it last Friday, and it, that was an that was an early access that really felt like an early access. Mm -hmm. um, the UI was unfinished. There was limited number of uh, those like little missions you could go on, uh, but we had fun with it. I think uh, we it, I think it was the longest grindfest Friday we did. Uh, you know, usually we do it for an hour, uh, then we get burnt out for the time. But you know, we we kept playing, and I think I think the action RPG element where you could just go in and fight and you're not bogged down by numbers because remember you can't see the damage numbers maybe that yeah. helped us i don't know i don't know what it was but we somehow we kept playing it you know and we had a good time here's the deal with with Dalton. and the core combat is fun right but i think somebody in our chat who was uh, ren who played the game quite a bit the core combat is really fun in Dalton because you're you're dodging attacks you're timing your attacks the skill-based progression and you can see yourself improve as you play and it, 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 it's that part is done really well but the problem is once you get your rotation it seems like it becomes very mindless and very repetitive at that point. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet, which is why it was really fun. But I do want to say the core combat is really good in Dauntless. But as you said, the game does feel quite early access. They polish the game up, get a better UI, make it run like smooth over 60 FPS. I mean, it just felt a little stuttery for me. And add more weapons. 
and stuff like that because there's only like four weapons right now but they're they're adding more they the developers had an ama on reddit they said they're not gonna be launching on steam by the way gives you wow. curious about that they don't even think about a steam launch right now they want to add ranged weapons and a few, bunch of other weapons to the game as well they'll add some more variety to the game because each weapon it kind of is its own play style yeah Maybe, and they have a, they have yeah. a steep they i think they're gonna get out maneuvered here uh monster hunter world comes out early 2018 I think it's going to take longer than that for them to just get the game up to speed in the number of weapons, the UI, mm-hmm. more content. And by then, they're going to be fighting this juggernaut by you know Capcom. And I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to be overwhelmed. They were banking on Monster Hunter World not being on PC, but I think. Because then there would be a huge differentiator between Monster and uh, Dauntless. One's on PC, one's not. One's free to play, one's not. But now, even though Monster Hunter World is not going to be free to play, that's their only differentiator right now. Mm. I think you will have a... Again, we haven't played Monster Hunter World yet, but from the videos we've seen, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And it, it, it's very... Adolus is very clearly inspired by Monster Hunter. So if you can play the real thing on PC, it might have a tough time competing. Free to play part is nice, but it's... Again, it costs 80 bucks to play in Founders Alpha and 40 bucks in Closed Beta. Closed Beta begins on uh, September 1st. And the game is expected to, I believe, launch free to play later in, uh, in this year. But it seems pretty crazy. I don't think they can fit, add enough content, add new weapons, and polish the game up by then. So I think when they launch, it'll be like an early access. It'll be like super unfinished. But the core game was fun, I thought. The just, only, there's, there's something interesting there. Their saving grace or their hope is one, mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World will come out on PC, but it will come later than the yes. console. So they have some time there. And two, Japanese companies are generally woefully inadequate, you know, incompetent when it comes to PC ports. So if they screw that up, and it takes longer than they expect to come out to PC. That might give Dauntless enough breathing room to get their game out, free to play, and enough content and interest to, you know, kind of go toe to toe. But we will see. Yeah. Uh, also, Japanese companies having notorious PC ports. Uh, Square Enix is getting on the ball with that. Square Enix is doing, uh, you know, FF15 on console now. Uh, yeah. PC yeah. rather. They're doing. They're, they're they're remaking Secret of Mana as well for PC. So I'm actually pretty hyped about that. Maybe we can talk about Secret of Mana on uh, the post-game, though. Okay, speaking of post-game, guys, we are out of time. So we will, we will be moving to post-game. Thanks again for watching. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, do try to check us live on Twitch. It's a lot of fun here in chat. Uh, see you next time. Later for YouTube. Peace.